Hey guys, Pastor Kevin here. Just wanted to get you some information about Connection Group. We are continuing to meet, though we are doing it through Zoom video conferencing. And so it's a different dynamic for sure, but it is a great opportunity uh, to continue investing in those relationships. And for those of you who've yet to jump into a Connection Group for one reason or another, you know, your work schedule's been tough to get home and then get over to a group, those excuses are gone now. So if you've always wanted to jump into a connection group, now's the perfect time. Just get in touch with us through either charlesriverchurch.com or on the app. You can fill out uh, a request to learn some more information about a connection group and we'll get you hooked up as quickly as we can. All right, well, I gotta tell you, I really hope you are able to jump into a connection group. I love my connection group. We gathered this past Wednesday, celebrated one of the kiddos' birthdays, and uh, prayed together, laughed together, played some games, looked at the scripture. Uh, we check up on each other throughout the week, and so it's just a, it's a great family within the church family, and we'd love to see you uh, get connected to that. So use your connection card uh, to jump into a group. Hey, last week, we were able to start a new series, and we're looking at resurrection appearances of Jesus. See, after Easter, when Jesus died on the cross, three days later, resurrects to life, defeating sin and death, Jesus then goes on to appear again and again to his followers over the course of 40 days. Now, let me confess something to you up front. Can a pastor be real for just a minute and confess? Uh, I love to talk smack. When it comes to sports, I love talking smack. You know what smack talk is, right? It's that friendly taunting of your opponent. I might not be very good at sports, but I'm really good at talking smack. I was preaching at a camp for a bunch of middle schoolers one time, and uh, we played dodgeball, and uh, I won the dodgeball game, and I found myself at the end talking smack to these middle schoolers until I remembered, wait a second, you just beat 11 and 12 year old girls. Not very <laughs> impressive. But here, here's the thing Jesus just conquered the grave. He bested his opponents. Now, if I were Jesus, and good thing I'm not, but if I were Jesus, I go straight to Pilate. I go straight to those religious leaders and say, How you like them apples? What do you think about that, son? I'm alive. You knocked me out, and I stood right back up. But those aren't the people that Jesus goes to. The people that Jesus goes to are his followers. For 40 days, he appears to his followers. He's not concerned with sticking it to the man. He's not concerned for, for showing them his strength and his power and flexing that on them. No, he's concerned with caring for his people. He's concerned with lifting our spirits, with restoring us to right relationship with him, with refocusing us. And I don't know uh, how you're feeling today. I don't know what's going on specifically in your life, but I do know this, that Jesus wants to do the same for you. He wants to lift your spirit. He wants to refocus you. He wants to restore you. He does not want to condemn you. And so today we're going to be in John chapter 21. If you have a Bible and you want to get on over there, John chapter 21. While we're doing church online like this, I'd encourage you still uh, use your paper Bible if at all possible. Or if you have a, a smartphone, you can go to the church app. And on the church app, we've got lots of resources for you. But we also have a Bible there and you can get there or we'll put it on the screen for you as well. We're, we're calling this series Not Normal. Not normal. I'm fully aware that this moment in history, we're living in a season, it's just, it's not normal. Now, my wife and I have been really getting a kick and counting the times that we hear news anchormen and women and, and different people using the phrase, 
unprecedented times. You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard this? People saying over and over again, we are living in unprecedented times. In fact, I think I've said it a few times uh, to the camera like this. This is a season of social distancing. This is a season of wearing masks wherever we go. This is a season of doing everything we can to avoid people. Multiple Zoom calls a day, washing my hands until it feels like my skin's about to fall out. This is an unprecedented time for sure. This is not normal. And I know we, we long to, to, to return to some normalcy. However, there are some things that we don't want to return to normal. I hope that long after this is over and the dust settles, that people will continue to keep their eyes towards the vulnerable, towards the marginalized. I pray that after this is over, people will continue to show gratitude for our healthcare workers, that people will continue to, to volunteer and rally together to, to help uh, people who are, who are hurting and who are hungry. I pray that people will continue to fight for connection in a culture that pulls us apart. I pray that people will continue to stay engaged as parents with their children's schooling, that people will continue to seek the Lord for relationship and for help. Yeah, this is not normal, but there are some things that, that, that I think we would love this to, to continue, right? We don't really fully want to return to normal. And in John chapter 21, uh, something abnormal has happened. History making, really. Eternity shaking, really. That is that God became a man. He died to pay the price for our sins. And then three days later, he came back to life. He resurrected, showing his power over Satan's sin and death. It's amazing. And now he, he's making these appearances to people, to his followers. It, it's, it's about to happen again for a seventh time here in John chapter 21, the third time to a group of his disciples. So let's read John chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. It says, And after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter... Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So twice now, Jesus has appeared to groups of his disciples. The first time in Jerusalem, all of the disciples minus Thomas. The second time in Jerusalem, all of his disciples, but including Thomas, uh, the disciples had been on this emotional roller coaster. The, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem of Jesus, they're expecting him to come in and to, to really kick off his, his kingdom. They expected a literal kingdom where he was going to whip up on Roman rule, uh, Palm Sunday. There was in the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus. Uh, their friend Judas was a chump and uh, completely bailed and turned on them. There was the, the uh, denial of Jesus from one of their leaders, Peter. There was the crucifixion, of course, and the loss of hope. There was the resurrection and the regaining of hope. There was these incredible appearances of Jesus. And so the disciples, understandably, they're, they're kind of spent. They've been all over the place emotionally. They are unsure of their future. And so they head back to Galilee, to the, the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias, where they're from. Uh, Matthew chapter 28 says that Jesus told them to go to Galilee. He was going to go ahead of them, and they were to go to Galilee, and they would see him again there. And so seven disciples are together again in Galilee, maybe a week or two after Easter. And Peter with the seven says, I'm going fishing, verse three. And the others say, sounds great. We'll join you. And it says they, they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught 
nothing. Now, I go fishing about one time every year on family vacation. We go to the Outer Banks, the islands off of North Carolina, and myself, my father, my brother, my brother-in-law, and my two sons, we charter a boat and we go way off the coast. We go fishing and have a really good time deep in the ocean, get fried by the sun, hang out, relax, rest, basically sleep with a fishing pole in our hands. And none of us really care about the fishing itself except for my, my brother-in-law. But that's not Peter and the boys. Peter does not know how to fish for fun. Peter does not know how to sleep with a fishing pole in his hands. For Peter, fishing was work. Fishing for him was providing for his wife, providing for his family. And so when you get to verse 3 here of John chapter 21, you see the phrase, but that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. This moment is designed by Jesus to invoke in them and to invoke in us a flashback to back in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus first called Peter, his brother Andrew, and James, and John, the sons of Zebedee, these guys who were partners in fishing together. And uh, that morning, three years prior, after a night of fishing, they also caught nothing. They were dejected. They were so upset they caught nothing. But then this new rabbi, Jesus from Nazareth, told them, you know what, boys, give it one more shot. Drop your nets one more time. What do they have to lose? They did it. They dropped their net one more time, and they caught so many fish that their nets began to rip and to tear apart. And after the fact, they filled two boats full of fish. And then Jesus offers them a career change. He says, you follow me, and I will make you not fishermen, but fishers of men. And so with that, they left everything and they began to follow Jesus to care for people, to fish for men. It was amazing. And now, three life-changing years later, in loads of uncertainty over the past few weeks, they're back home and they're fishing again. Not fishing for fun, they're fishing for work. Now back then you would fish all night long so that in the morning you could go to market with your fresh fish and you would have fresh fish to sell to meet your needs for yourself and your family. So for them fishing was work and they needed to work because their ministry's treasurer Judas had sold them out uh, for chump change. He had embezzled their money and then out of remorse he then goes and he hangs himself and so they were out of money. They needed food. Peter had to support his family. He seems to be the one really family man among them and, and they're up all night long business as usual. Now think about how horrible this must have felt for these disciples. It must have felt really, really rough. After three unbelievable years, they're now picking up their nets again, and they're back at work. And after a long night, back at work, something they didn't want to have to do, they catch absolutely nothing. Business as usual. Profitability, struggle as usual. But then, check out verse 4. Just as day was breaking... Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and then you will find some. And so they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in 
the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from land, but about a hundred yards off. So they're out all night long. They catch nothing, just like three years prior. And as the sun's coming up, just like three years prior, the voice of Jesus, this time they don't know it's Jesus. And he says, children, or it could be translated, friends, friends, do you have any fish? And of course they answer, nope, no fish. And he instructs them, cast your net on the other side of the boat and you will find some. Now, I told you I'm no fisherman, but I would be like, who is this guy? What is he thinking? Here, here, there's, there's no fish here. There's certainly no fish, you know, six feet on the other side of our boat. But whatever, buddy, okay. And they, they cast the net on the other side of the boat, probably rolling their eyes. And when they cast the net, just like three years prior, the quantity of fish is unbelievable. It was so great that they could barely even haul it back to shore. And in that moment, John, the little brother friend of, of Jesus, he, he flashes back and he immediately remembers, it's the Lord, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Peter puts his cloak on and he jumps into the water and he swims after Jesus. He's the spontaneous one. He goes to see Jesus while the others haul the fish in. Now let's keep going. Verse 9. It says, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So Jesus had put together this little fire along the, the shore for them, and he had prepared breakfast for them. Now for me, one of my, my favorite moments that happens a couple times every single year is, is a campfire breakfast. We go camping up in Maine uh, every summer, and uh, we, we wake up that, that early morning, crisp Maine morning, and, and I get to restoke that fire, and I get to boil some water and put together a, a really smoky coffee and then have breakfast and just talk with my family around the fire. I love that moment. It's just, it's just the best, breakfast around the fire. And the disciples have a, a campfire moment themselves with Jesus. They're enjoying breakfast with the resurrected Jesus. And then comes these deeply formative words of Jesus, shoring up their relationship with him. But I want you to think with me uh, about something. Back when they were still in the boat, and Jesus calls out to them, and he's obscure. They don't know that it's Jesus. He's probably so far off. Maybe he's a silhouette to them. After being up all night long and catching nothing, in verse 5, Jesus asks them a question from shore. Think about that question with me. The question is, friends, do you have any fish? Friends, do you have any fish? Now, clearly, Jesus knew the answer to that question. No, Jesus, we do not have any fish. But Jesus was up to something. Now, if you think back to the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was all about asking questions. In fact, Jesus was asked 183 questions in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the accounts of the life of Jesus. 183 questions. Do you know how many answers he gave back to 183 questions? Three. Three answers back. What he did, though, is he asked 307 questions back to them. 
Jesus loved asking questions. He's up to something when he asks questions. In fact, let me give you a few of the questions that he asked in the gospel accounts of his life and, and see if you can kind of think on what he might be up to. To two men following him uh, towards the beginning of his ministry, he, he turns and he says, who are you seeking? He's up to something. To a paralytic man, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He's up to something. To the woman caught in adultery as people walk away, he says to her, he says, where is everyone? Has no one condemned you? He was up to something. To his disciples, he once says, who do people say that I am? He also says, who do you say that I am? So you see what Jesus is doing. He's stirring up in people curiosity. He's bringing people along in a, in a mental journey. Because as, as any good teacher knows, the discovery of the answer is often just as valuable as the answer itself. So Jesus' question here to his disciples, his questions to his disciples uh, is, is, these are disciples who have gone back to business as usual. He asked them, friends, have you caught any fish? Have you caught any fish? How's, how's that working out for you? Friends, I have given you a new life path and you are fishing again. You are acting like fishermen when you have been named fishers of men. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, the new has come. That in Christ, the old way is gone. The old you is gone. And there is a new way and there is a new you. When you place faith in Jesus, he makes you brand new. He gives you a new life. You are born to a new life in Christ. We get a new heart. We get a new purpose for living. We get a new provider. Whereas once we thought we were the ones providing for ourselves all the time, now we can, we can trust in Jesus. I know in this unique season, many people have, have lost jobs and are, are in financial uh, difficulty right now. You can trust God. He is your provider. And some of you need this. You just need to know that, that Jesus wants to give you a new life. Others of you, you have experienced the new life that is made available to you in Christ, that new life that comes from following Jesus, that it's, it's no longer business as usual. It's a, it's a new way. It's I'm not the same me. Now I'm following Jesus. It's not the old me with a little bit of Jesus on top. It's, no, it's a whole new you. He reframes your life. He refocuses your desires. He renews your vision, your faith, your trust in Him. However, what happens is we do occasionally struggle with going back to the old ways. We, we do occasionally struggle with going back to business as usual. Have you been there? I know I, I've been there. For Peter, James, John, and some of these other disciples, it was fishing. And so Jesus asked them, have you caught any fish? How is fishing, the old way, working out for you now? And how is it working out for them? Not so well. They caught nothing. The God who controls the waters, and he's had several miracles to show them, he controls the waters, allows for a dry spell so that they catch nothing and they are able to see him as the sovereign and they're able to see him as provider. Now here we are today, post-Easter as well, and I want to ask you, have you embraced the new? Have you embraced the not normal? Someone has died. Someone has resurrected. That's not normal. That's not, okay, now we just go back to business as usual. So you are in the disciples' shoes as well post-Easter. And I want to ask you, what is the question that Jesus is asking you? Instead of, do you have any fish? 
How's that working out for you? Maybe Jesus is asking you some of these questions. Maybe he's asking you, is your work fulfilling the deepest longings of your soul? How's that working out for you? I have a new normal for you. My new normal for you is that you can find your identity, your satisfaction in me, not in what you do. Maybe the question for you is money and stuff. Is that giving you the security that you are looking for? Here's your new normal. You find your security in me, Jesus says. Or maybe the question is that relationship that you're looking to for for love and for approval. Hey, here's here's your new normal. You find your unconditional love in him. How's that relationship working out for you? Or maybe it's, how's all that worrying that you're doing working out for you? Or maybe it's the food, the drink, the the media intake. Is that filling you up? I have a new normal for you. I fill you up. I give you a new way. I'm your joy. I'm your satisfaction. I'm your sovereign. I'm your king. I'm your Lord. I got you. It's not business as usual. Jesus died and he resurrected. Someone resurrected. What is it for you? Maybe I could frame it this way. What's comfortable for you? What's familiar for you? For Peter, for Andrew, for James, for John, fishing was comfortable. Fishing was familiar. That's just what they did. That's what they knew to do when they were confused and struggling and not sure what the future would hold. They went back to fishing. For you, maybe there's some things that you go back to. Because for you, following Jesus is is new. For you, following Jesus is not comfortable. It's not supposed to be comfortable all the time. For you, following Jesus is not familiar. He asked you to trust him. And this is going to be some unprecedented times. It's going to be new territory for you when you follow Jesus. But the adventure that comes when following Jesus is incredible. Incredible. Years ago, uh, I was working with uh, a ministry that, that served at-risk youth, and they would bring them out of Boston and, and Providence, Rhode Island, and Hartford, Connecticut, uh, to central Massachusetts in the woods, and they had all kinds of activities for them. And, and they had uh, one thing called the high ropes course, where up in the trees they had suspended all these ropes and all these obstacle courses, and uh, myself along with some other guys got trained to, to belay them, which means we're the safety rope while these uh, teenagers from uh, really challenging places uh, would, would have all this fun in the, the trees. We would, we would help them out. And a, a frequent conversation I have with kids is they climb up to the top and they get on a platform and they're about to start an obstacle course or they're about to maybe make a crazy jump and they would look down and they would just lose their minds and they would, they would just freeze up and they get really, really scared. And, and I, it was not uncommon for me to be there holding them from down below with the rope and talking to them them for for 10 sometimes 15 minutes and just encouraging them you got this you can do this you'd be so glad that you did and so many of them just wanted to go back down the tree get on the ground because the ground is stable the ground is it's comfortable it's easy it's familiar I know the ground this up high like this is uncertain but what happened over and over again when they finally got the guts up to make the jump to jump into the 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 obstacle course They come out of it, just all kinds of stories, smiles, laughing, so glad they did it. They never regretted it. It was awesome. They would say things like, bro, that was fire. That was amazing. That was unbelievable. And they would have never experienced that had they just stuck with what was comfortable, had they just went back to what was familiar, the ground. Let's just go back home. Let's just go back to the city. And so it goes with life. Our tendency is just to go back to what's familiar. Our tendency is to go back to what's comfortable. And when we do that, we miss out. And so let me ask you, 
post-Easter, post-resurrection. What is it for you that's comfortable? What is it for you that's familiar? This following God, this going all in for Jesus, it's unprecedented for you. It's, it's new territory for you. But going back to the familiar, going back to what's comfortable can keep you from experiencing all that God has for you. And so Jesus says, I'm not going to let going back to fishing keep my disciples from experiencing all that I have for you. So I'm going I'm to call them back to the shore and I'm going to refocus them around this beautiful campfire moment. I'm praying that right now this is kind of a campfire moment for you. That, that you're, you're around uh, the, the fire, so to speak, and you're, you're hearing from Jesus. He's speaking to your heart. He's speaking into your life right now. Maybe, maybe you're not a Christian, and for you, this is, this is scary. This is, this is a step that's uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, on the other side, you'll be so glad you took a step of faith to give your life to Jesus, and so I want to call you to step out and to trust in Jesus, to give your life to Jesus and to begin the life journey, the abundant life journey, the exciting life journey of following Jesus. Not that it's easy. It certainly didn't prove to be easy for the disciples, the apostles, but it was an incredible journey that they would not turn back on. They were so glad they took that step away from what was comfortable, away from what was familiar. So if that's you, you've never given your life to Jesus today, I want to call you to that. Some of you, you're Christians, and, and like me as a Christian, we, we oftentimes will go back to what's comfortable. And I want to ask you to, to just think on your own life and, and consider what is it that's comfortable for me? What is it that I just keep going back to when God calls me to so much more? God has so much more for me. I, I'm just so thankful that God is doing a beautiful thing in this COVID-19 season. It, it's, it's challenging. and We wouldn't wish it on anybody, but God is doing something really good because God is a redeemer. God uh, brings beauty from broken things. It's like a mosaic. He takes broken pieces of glass and he makes something beautiful out of it. And he's making something beautiful from these really challenging times. And, and I'm excited to see what he does. I don't want to go back to normal. I, I don't want to go back to normal. I want to have a new normal and the new normal being the, the way of Jesus that is uncomfortable and, and different but so beautiful. And I believe that for you, that you don't want just mediocrity for your life. I think you want something that's beautiful, something that's powerful, and that comes from walking in faith with the God of the universe who knows you by name and right now is calling you by name to trust Him. And so I'm going to pray, and as I pray, uh, I want to encourage you to respond to God however He's working in your heart. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your scriptures. We thank you for this amazing story of, of some people who uh, went back to what was comfortable for a moment. But God, I thank you that in your grace, you call us back to, 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 to walking with you. You refocus us back to who you are and what you have for us, who we can be in you. And God, I pray for my friends who are, are joining us online right now. God, I pray that they would hear uh, from your scripture that you have a plan for their lives, that you love them, that you died for them, that you defeated sin and death for them. And now you're calling them on this amazing life journey to walk out a life of following Jesus and being on mission with you. And so God, I pray for those right now who have never given their lives to Christ, that they would call upon the name of Jesus and be saved, that they would take that leap, they would take that step of faith, knowing that you've got them, knowing based on your track record, your scripture and stories of your faithfulness, that you are there to catch them. You've got them. And so God, I pray that they would take that step and be so filled with joy at who you are and the life you're offering to them. And so if that's you and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to I call you right now to call upon the name of Jesus 
and be brought into relationship with him. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You call out to Jesus, he brings you into his family. Simple as that. And then maybe you're a Christian and you're, you're joining us today and you've been going back to what's comfortable. And maybe you just need to confess and say, God, you know what? I've been going to what's comfortable, what's familiar, and I want to I keep walking with you. And he's just so quick to give you grace and to bring you right back, just like he did with, with Peter and, and James and John, the other disciples. And so welcome back to the grace of Jesus. God, thank you for this. God, do your work in the hearts of my friends. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining us like this. It's been so great. It's always good to look at the scriptures together. I want to give you just a couple of ways that you can respond. Uh, you can respond just like those disciples answered back to Jesus when he asked them a question. You too need to answer back to Jesus. And so uh, the way that you can do that is just take advantage of that connection card. I've already pointed you there a couple of times already. But, but check out that connection card when we wrap things up here. And just fill it out and let us know what God's doing in your heart. Maybe you want to trust in and follow Jesus today. We want to celebrate that with you. Maybe you have something specific you want to pray, uh, want some prayer for. We'd be happy to pray for you. Maybe you want to jump into a connection group that's uncomfortable for you, but what a great step. And so however you need to respond uh, to the Lord, let us know through that connection card. That would be great. And then as we wrap up, let me remind you, parents, uh, every week after our gathering, you can follow the link to the River Kids activities. And we have a, a Bible lesson for them that mirrors what we talked about here. And so uh, we want to encourage you to uh, find that. You can do that right after this, or you can grab that link, save it, and go back any point through the week and get those activities and help your kids to grow in this uh, together. And then lastly, we always want to respond uh, with generosity as God's people. He has been so generous to us, sparing nothing, not even his own life. And so if you would like to, to give to support the ministry, to help us to continue on under the example of Jesus, I invite you to that. Three ways that you can give. You can give uh, online uh, through the website provided there. You can give through the church app or uh, you can give um, through mail. And so the information's right there for you. But uh, thank you guys for your generosity. It's been so cool to see uh, how we've been able to uh, serve people through this unique season. We've got a big project coming up this week because of your generosity. We're going to care for grocery store workers, those essential employees. And so thank you for that. But listen, so thankful for you joining us today. Hang out afterwards on the chat if you'd like to. We also have uh, the Zoom room. And so if you want to get a little face-to-face -face time, we'd love to meet you. And so just click that link for the Zoom room, get a little face-to-face -face time. But we're glad you're with us. So much love. Have a great week.